0: This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. My guest today is Azriel Ratz. Azriel, thank you for joining us tonight on Rising Tide. Thank you so much for having me. So can you tell our listeners a little bit, uh, just give a little background on who you are? Sure. So my name is Israel
1: Ratz. Um, I was born in New York and at 21 years old, I moved to Israel. So I've been living in Israel now for the last nine years. And I started out as uh i had a degree in math so i had a friend who was like hey you want to do some data data analysis for my business i didn't really know very much about anything in social media and he just kind of started telling me like you know when your free time spent an hour a day we'll just kind of copy paste some stuff from a google doc you'll post it on facebook and instagram we had an iphone app at the time and i worked for him for three and a half years and i came to him with this idea that you know this was back in 2012 13 14 Um, that if we were to take this stuff we were doing, which was very successful, we grew, you know, we were getting a million page views a month um, from, from social media and email marketing to our website, we were doing uh, $30,000 a month in e-commerce and $40,000 a month in client work. And I kind of said, but if we were to take this recipe that we made, which was a combination of Facebook ads, email marketing, and, um, and basically sales We could go to any company and really help them scale their businesses, and he didn't like the idea at all. So I said, "Peace." (laughs) Um, I started my own business in 2015 called Ratspack Media, and since then I have worked with a hundred plus companies in every niche you could imagine—from amusement parks, traveling bands, an airline, um, e-commerce, SaaS products, apps. If you name it, I'd probably run ads for it. And I've been doing that full-time for the last five, just did four full years, the fifth year now, full-time Facebook ads. Um, and it's going uh, pretty well so far. So Facebook is a, is a
0: kind of a unique animal from a social media standpoint. I mean, I, I think back of the times where, you know, Google has changed their their algorithms so dramatically and it's just, you know, virtually shut down websites overnight, you know, Panda, Penguin, what, you know, Mm -hmm. is is Facebook susceptible to similar things or, I mean, what are some of the ups and downs or some of the, you know, ebbs and flows that you've dealt with over the last four years with Facebook?
1: So for sure on the organic side, um, Facebook makes a ton of changes Uh, back in 2012 when we were doing, Facebook posts for a, you know, we had a Facebook page. I was like number three on the page. Uh, we averaged about 50,000 likes over the time that I worked there. And we were on average getting 80 to hundred thousand reach on every one of those posts. Like wow. this is not, this is not how this works anymore, but we were reaching more people every post than the number of likes on the Facebook page. And that was a norm, a normal thing uh, for us. So it's very clear that Facebook has done a lot to really, they created the first like social algorithm, which is basically what every other platform has adopted. Twitter has a version of it. Instagram has a version of it. Snapchat does their own sort of thing. Now TikTok for sure uh, does a lot in algorithms, you know, what shows up on, the, on that speed of the for you feed. So Facebook really created the whole idea of, they can't, we can never show you everything. So we want to just show you the best stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they have to learn, well, what's the best stuff? Well, you know, maybe on mobile, you like watching videos more, but on desktop, you like longer posts more. And then at nighttime, you like reading links. And during the daytime, you like, you know, what like through photo albums. So based on all of this stuff, not only do they show you the people you like, but they show you the, the type of content that you engage with most at the right time on the right platform on the right device every time constantly updating and they they themselves are constantly adjusting to different things you know this whole thing back in 2016 with the whole political um whatever the the fake news issues and all mm-hmm. the stuff that they had um where there were basically posts of news that was not real posted by fake facebook pages and they would go super viral because they had you know, clickbaity title that wasn't even real with some picture and whatever. And Facebook's really trying to make sure that bad people aren't messing up your algorithm. Good people aren't taking advantage of it. And that you continue to get the best experience for you as a user. And that means as a marketer, we need to adjust that. That's for sure on the, on the organic side. As far as the paid side, Facebook is constantly changing and updating uh, their platform. When I started, there were basically two places to run ads. It was the news feed and the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Facebook pixel was very new back in 2012. Now the Facebook pixels insane. They could do anything you'd imagine track by the, the page that the person went to and the amount of time they went on the page and find people like the people that were on the page um, And then based on like the device on when they were on the page and then you could even target by video content. So if they watched some amount of the video that you posted on Facebook, you could also target by that. And then page engagement, all these additional targeting options, they're all new. Again, locations, they now have marketplace targeting, search targeting. Uh, There's ads in um, messenger. There's ads on Instagram. Mm -hmm. There was no Instagram when I started in 2012. It wasn't even a platform yet. So, There's this constant change, stories, the whole idea, thought process of what a a story is, what a story edge should look like. All that is new, you know, over the last, now we're like a year and a half, two years into stories. So as a marketer, you constantly have to adapt about thinking two parts, which is one, what do users want? And then what does the platform want? And then really the third part is what does the platform think the users want? And if you could really figure out that recipe together, um, you can always find, as long as that's your thought process, you can always create the best content because you'll always be thinking about the user. And you'll always be able to to get the lowest price because you'll have thought about how how the platform wants the user to interact with the platform. And therefore, you'll be able to get the best results by just constantly thinking that way, no matter what's changing, what algorithms, what placements, how they're using it, mobile or desktop, all that stuff. Um, As long as you constantly think about, I want to give good content to people that are relevant to my product in the way the platform wants me to use it, you should be pretty fine.
0: So let me me pick your your mathematic brain (laughs) here. So, I mean... A guy like you would would love to take the the whole algorithm idea and almost reverse engineer it and just let's just let's just work backwards, let's extrapolate backwards and say, okay, We've done it. <laughs> how do we figure this out? I mean, to me that that's like the major mystery. So how do you how do you extract that information from Facebook? It's one thing to kind of know what they're looking for. It's another mm-hmm. thing to have the metrics and the data that says, okay, at seven PM, you know, this type of individual shifts from laptop to mobile, you know, or yeah. they go to, you know, they, they start watching videos, but then they're not just clicking through their feed anymore you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you know, how does, yeah. how do you get that information out of Facebook?
1: Well, so even that those, the data is always changing what they, what matters to them most. So it used to be that what they matter, what mattered to Facebook most was, Keeping people on Facebook the long, the most amount of time. Mm-hmm. Then they shifted. This is my obviously my belief. Not no, they they've never confirmed this with right. me. They, they shifted to we want people to engage with posts the most. It wasn't enough just to be on the platform, but we want to see people commenting. We want to see people engaging, you know, shares and hearts and wow faces and whatever other things. Um, we want to see saving, even saving a post. We want to see that happening. And then it kind of shifted to, we want people to enjoy their experience on here, not just they're gonna click like and move to the next thing, but they're actually getting a positive experience from the platform. And, um, and at the same time, wanting to come back over and over again, because this was a big point back in the, I think it was quarter three of 2018 was the first time in 10 quarters, where Facebook had less monthly users than the quarter before, and it was a very big deal <laughs> for everyone. Like Cambridge Analytica debacle. Yeah, on, it, the, the problem was that that they had, on average, I think the number was daily users. The average was 1.68 billion daily users mm-hmm. for quarter two of 2018, and then in quarter Sorry, quarter two of of 2018, and then it was 1.67 billion users the next quarter. And it was the first time again in 10 quarters where the number went down. So to them now, it's not just about the person using the platform, engaging the platform, enjoying the experience, but actually wanting to come back again the next month. Because it looks really bad on Facebook if they're if they're seeing a drop a decline in the number of monthly users. That's the last thing you want to see as a social media platform. Sure. So all of those things have connotations, right? Like each of those points along the way of what mattered to Facebook changed how you're going to see stuff in your out in your in your feed. So, for example, it used to be, in my opinion, that Facebook would never wanna show you a YouTube video on on your feed. So if I as a marketer wanted to run an ad or post on my Facebook feed a link to YouTube, I wouldn't get any reach. And the thought process behind it was because Facebook wants people to spend the longest amount of time on the platform. Mm -hmm. And if we're sending people to YouTube, they're not on Facebook. So how can we send them to YouTube and lose out on not having people spend the most of time. But then it's evolved from there. It's no longer about that. It's about enjoying the experience, about wanting to come back. So if they're removing videos that in theory could do well and get them to say, I get great information from Facebook, Facebook's willing to lose out on sending traffic to YouTube today because they know you'll come back as a user tomorrow to get more in more cool information, whether that's a music video on YouTube or it's a link to a Snapchat, whatever thing, or who knows where it is. They're okay with sending traffic elsewhere because it means you'll be willing to come back tomorrow. Right. Right. And these are, so you really have to dissect every part of it. So I actually had this dispute on Twitter a few years ago with Buffer, the app, which was they listed what they believed to be uh, the four pieces of the algorithm, which was uh, time, how long ago the post was, which I think actually matters less than it did, uh, the number of engagement with, you know, the, the number of engagement on the posts, obviously, if the per, there's a, a ton of engagement, will get more reach and there's no engagement will, will die out pretty quickly. Um, the, the person or the page that's posting it, the relevant to that page. So now I don't know how long you've had Facebook, but I've had Facebook since 2005 and I, there's lots of pages of stuff I cared about in 2005, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, that I could not care less about anymore. So it's even though that that page from that movie I used to have the matrix, you know, I like the matrix Facebook page. I don't care about that anymore. So Facebook, even a post that does well, I won't necessarily see that post because it's not an interest I have anymore. And the fourth thing they had was the, the type of content it was. If it was a video or an image or a post or a link to some article or whatever, that type of content. I actually added in a fourth thing, which was the relevant score of the link itself. So if you're posting a link again to YouTube or some blog somewhere, some e-commerce, because of the face of Pixel, they're able to track how long are people coming to this page? What's the bounce rate from the page? Right. How about the people like people like you? How often do they want to click on this post? And to me, those are really the five main mechanisms of the, of the um, algorithm as a whole. And then Facebook really tweaks here and there which one weighs the most, so to speak, in the algorithm. So some days or, you know, some periods of time, the, the the time since post was really important. Today, it's totally normal to see a post from a year ago if someone's commenting on it today. So that means that the engagement is more important than the timeline is of the post. And all of these things, especially with the time hops and the, you know, the two years ago, like, um, I assume you see those things like J- July of of 2016, what were you posting? And you see all these posts. So um, Facebook's okay with it being less relevant, and it's okay um, if if this specific content isn't something you care about. If if the person is something you care about, this group you post on a lot, of like that. So again, I think it's about those five pieces, um, and then Facebook just kind of tweaks which what the percentage of how one each how each of those matter over time.
0: So I I kind of flew by this because we really dove deep into Facebook land very early in the conversation. But, uh, so let's, let's you and I are going to hop on a lift and we're going to go up about 10 floors and you got 30 seconds to kind of give me the rats pack elevator pitch and (laughs) how how that applies directly to my business. And, and maybe even like like the structure, how, what's the pricing structure?
1: What's the, you know? Sure. So I, I, I manage Facebook ads for businesses, which means I don't do the organic posting. I don't create content. I don't do any of that stuff. I want to take your money and show the most relevant people, the best piece of content to show them, to get them to purchase whatever it is you have to sell. That might not always be a product for money. It might be one of my clients just want, wants leads. So we've been running ads now since November, 2017. We've done just about 300,000 leads for 40 cents a lead. Now, how many things do they buy? How many, you know, what did that mean to their bottom line? Right. They never told me. It's never been part of what we do together. The focus has always been leads. So again, I want to take your money. I want to reach the best people on the, the full Facebook, Instagram ecosystem with the most relevant content to drive conversions for your business. Is that a flat rate lead? So, no, is that so just for that I, I have a monthly fee. I can't guarantee when someone watches this podcast, it will be the same <laughs> as it is now. <laughs> don't have to drill down that much, yeah. <laughs> um, I have a flat monthly fee. Today it's $4,000 a month to manage your ads. My suggestion is to spend about $200 a day for the early testing for the first eight weeks. Mm-hmm. There's a very clear testing period. It breaks into four parts. Part one is audience testing. Who are the most relevant audiences? What do they click on? What do they care about? And how, how, what type of buying or convert? How, what, how do their conversions look to your business? The next step is the ad itself, right? So once we know who we want to target, we've nailed that down over the first two weeks. Now we say, is there an ad we can make that works the best? Is it an image? Is it a carousel? Is it a slideshow? Is it a video? Is it a short video, a long video? Is it on Instagram or Facebook? All of that sort of stuff. Um, That happens in the next two weeks of testing. The third two weeks of testing is the funnel. So now we know the people and we know the ad that they're seeing. What is the process of them actually purchasing? Do they need an ebook to a webinar to an upsell to a, you know, who knows, whatever, it really depends on your business. Is it a free coupon? Is it a 10% off? What is the mechanism of their purchase? And we wanna test a whole bunch of different funnels in this two week testing period to make sure that we're getting, driving the conversions for the lowest price. And then the, the final piece is the scale. Now we know the people we target that drives the best conversion. We know the type of ad that's the lowest per click and you know the highest click through rate. Mm-hmm. We know the funnel that drives the highest cost per cart. Now, how do we spend the most money while sustaining that, or staying close to the return that we were right. getting on the lower ad spend? So, I have clients today that are spending hundred thousand dollars a month because we figured it out. We got it. We nailed it down in the first. We did it really fast. You know, two three weeks. We got all that information down. They have a very nice size existing audience, which I strongly suggest when running Facebook has half a half million likes on the Facebook page to start with when we were starting to run ads we really nailed down the type of way to target is it the facebook like is it a lookalike audience is it a website visitor is it an email subscriber all that testing we did very quickly early on then we shifted to the type of ad that works is it again a video of theirs is it a carousel of image of, of products to look through is it uh, an add to an article for them to learn about the product, like why these products are important, why they develop this sort of stuff, and then drive them later to the product. That happened that stage. And now we're spending, we're clearly scaling uh, at $100,000 a month. We're spending just about uh, $3,000 a day in ads for, for this company. So that's what the process looks like. And then essentially what happens is as we scale, it's no longer that flat rate, but rather a percentage of the ad spend. Mm-hmm. That's my, So that's what the process looks like. And essentially what uh, unfortunate for most businesses, it's not just, you figured it out and then, you know, you, you go to sleep at the wheel and everything just kind of happens on its own. You're constantly implementing because it, it will never be, you have the best audience. It will never be, you have the best ad and it will never be, you have the best funnel. So we're constantly trying to figure out, is there a way to outperform what we're doing today? Because when we double the ad spend, the return won't be the same for this ad. So we need to find something a little bit better so we can keep the return at, you know, basically stable.
0: Are companies okay with, let's let's say that you're giving me a, you know, twofold return at, you know, a pretty low spend and, but if, if I'm tripling my spend, at, but I'm still gaining, say a one and a half return or something like that, are they okay with that? Or are they going, why isn't this exponential? Why isn't this just the exact, you know, why am why I getting the same return spending 10 times? Well, know? I mean,
1: are they okay with it? Probably not. Like obviously I want to get a hundred times. I want, if I got, if I got two times return on $5, I want to get a thousand times return on $1,000. Sure. $1, right? Yeah. Like are they okay with it? I mean, that's a very I'm talking about the falling the falling percentage but but at the end of the day that's just not it's not a logical thought process to Mm -hmm. think that that's what will happen because if you're spending hundred dollars a day you're targeting your best target audiences I have this list of warm audiences email Facebook page engagement website visitors Instagram page engagement Facebook likes those are the five core audiences you will spend every dollar on when you start running your Facebook ads, yep. if you're seeing whatever number you have seven times return on those audiences, it would be silly to expect when I quadruple the ad spend, sure. I I quickly run out of these people. Yep. I can't I can't imagine I'm going to still be able to just target these five audiences. So now I have lookalike audiences, I have interest-based targeting, I have geographic targeting. You know the difference between the U.S. and the U.K., Canada, Australia. I want to run the ads in Spanish and I start targeting Mexico and Spain. Oh, it, it doesn't make sense for me to think I'm going to continue to get the same rate of conversion. Yep. So it would be, again, it would make sense for me to say that the return will be the same. My hope at the end is that I can get a stable conversion. So I know once I start diversifying to different audiences and I have enough ads testing, the average across the board will sit at around three and a half, or four times, five times, or whatever the number ends up being. And as long as I could stabilize that number and I could scale at the same time while I constantly finding new audiences, tweak between look alike 1% and look alike 4%, and see what sort of thing that changes. And right. are, is the audience good enough? And can I continue to expand that while staying around the same sort of return? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the gift. That's the balance. That's the, that's the magic.
1: <laughs> that's the ma- That's what they pay. That's what you pay the big bucks for, for these. No
0: doubt about it. And it's well worth every, every, every penny, every shekel you spend on it for sure.
1: <laughs> so I <hope> so. so.
0: <laughs> go back, go back four or five, five years before Rats Pack was, was even in existence and, and yeah. uh, or just right at, at, at the time that you started, What advice would you give yourself today that you you wish you would have known then? You
1: think would have been a game changer to to know. So, so the first rule I have is that I can never say I have a regret because if I had all the information I had today, then of course I wouldn't have done the same thing. So you could always play this game. You know, what little thing did I screw up from before? Every phone call, you're like you're constantly thinking every potential you know, client call. I still think about, unfortunately, in November, I had this potential client that was in a million (laughs) dollars, running a million dollars. And if I would have just gotten them to give me some small deposit on the phone, then maybe I'd be running their ads today. And how much more money? Like You can do that all day long, right? (laughs) At the end of the day, um, so again, so I had worked this three and a half years. That's really when I learned all of this stuff all the foundations of what I took to start Pack Media. Oh, I at that time I wasn't just doing Facebook ads. I was doing email marketing. I was doing a little bit of SEO, some Google ads. I was doing content like testing what what what's the layout of. I, I wasn't writing the content. What what type of layout is the best to get people to read content? What how to break up with images? How to get people to click on email? All that stuff. Um, and I spent. And I would say that it became apparent earlier than I left, that it was time to go. Mm-hmm. And that period of eight months where I should have just left. And instead I was, meaning again, I was young. I was 23 or four at the time, whatever, it what, was, 2012. I was 23 at the time. It was my first real job that wasn't, you know, some summer job working in, you know, an office scanning papers for 10 hours a day. Um, that's what I did. So we all I did. That's right. Write a passage. <laughs> um, so, like, it was my first real job, and, and I thought that I would just be there forever. That that I, this would be the job I would die. I would be retiring, you know, in, in, in thirty years. This is the job I would have. Um, and it became apparent that it was time to leave. And I was just like holding on to this. How could I ever leave this this job? And to me, those eight—I want say six months—that I could have had more. How much I could have accomplished in those six months? Like I look back at the five five years I've been doing, four and a half years I've been doing this now. How much I've accomplished? Imagine I've had six more months. So, I would say the thing I would for sure tell anyone is start today. And that doesn't mean you have to quit your job. And in fact, I tell people don't quit your job. In many cases, I tell people get a job. Right? Get a job, and then figure out how to start something today and if that means record one video and post it online, you don't have a job, you don't have any clients or anything, just put something out there because if you could put, if you could get out there and just start and build your audience, it took me 18 months Running my business to really get any clients, I had maybe one or two clients a month for the first eighteen months because no one knew my name. It's shred I had a lot of really great experience, but I didn't know how to do sales. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know taxes. I didn't know any of this stuff. There's not, nothing I had ever done before, and I didn't. I didn't know how to you know get leads. This is all new stuff to me. So it took me months just to get you know a normal flow of clients, just to mm-hmm. get. to know how to, what to do on a sales call, to know what type of content. So, so you mentioned before a call that you started looking at my Facebook videos, I made 1200 videos on Facebook. Like that's insane every day, five days a week. I walked down the street with a a little gimbal on my phone. I recorded a video every day. I haven't done in a while, almost been at eight months now. Um, and, but that was a thing. And if I just, I just picked a thing, I just put it out myself out there every day for months. And it was only after all of that effort I turned around and said, look how much I've accomplished. You know, I'm running, I'm, I'm, I should be running just about $400,000 in the month of September this year for clients. And if you look at what I was doing in 2015, when I was on my own, I would have been lucky to be spending $3,000 a month yeah. on, on, on it. So I would say my, the biggest thing I would tell people is today is the best day to start.
0: Or maybe yesterday was the best day. Today's
1: the second <laughs> best day. 70, there's a, there's this, supposedly this Japanese parable or proverb that says when's the best day to, to, to plant a cherub tree? 70 years ago, you know, on the second best day today. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah, that,
0: I was, I was, uh, Jay Shettying. I was, I was stealing that one. So yeah, I was going to use that on my own, but, uh, so what is, explain Rats Rats Pack Media. So it's not just you, it's not, I mean. Oh, it's just me. Just you. It's just me. Well, it's not just
1: me. So depending on what the focus of the business. So there was a time when, again, when I posted these videos, it became apparent to me that there's no way I could continue to give my clients the attention they needed if I was putting out so much content so what did I do I essentially automated the process without sourcing so I had so I used a lot of SAS tools which we don't have to go into specific details there but basically, I uploaded my video, it automatically got captions, it sent the captions to the video editor, the video editor put the, the video, you know, put the content on, they uploaded the video to another location, it, it sent an automatic email to a copywriter, the copywriter wrote the content, it filled out a Google form, that automatically submitted to the VA to post it, right? So essentially all I did was hold the camera, record for three minutes, turn it off, and that was my job was finished, uploaded, my job was finished, right? And the rest was outsourced. Today, I don't make videos anymore, so those people, I don't really use them anymore. But what I, what I like to do now is, I, I want my clients to get the best results. I think that whatever strategy I come up with will be great. But who says it will be the best? So I pay out of my pocket, like Rats Pack Media's money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to pay my friends and other experts in the industry with three, four, five years experience that of have spent Millions of dollars on Facebook, and I say to them, "If this was your client, what would you do for this client?" Now, don't look at my ads. Don't look at any of the stuff I'm doing. If this was your client, day one, how would you start testing? And they come to me with whatever ideas it is. Well, I would, you know, I would make some super long, short, like long, long form uh, piece of content, written whatever it is. Great. You want? You think that that will work? Try it out. And they go into the ad account. They start running ads, and then essentially, I go in. And I say, oh, that's a really great ad. What if I grab that ad and and start testing in my audience? Or what if I take my audience and start applying it to their, you know, their campaign that they're running and do all this stuff. And what ends up happening is the the client ends up with the the best possible version of the best ad because it's not just me. It's three or four other people. I'm trying to hire more friends just on an hourly basis. If this was your client, what would you do? Mm. Beat me. Beat my
0: ads. What a great idea. Well, I, that really is a great, I mean, it, that is, that's kind of the whole idea that you're kind of deepening in the gene pool there, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you know, it's yeah. not, it, that is uh, that, that, I mean, I've done a, a number of interviews and, you know, people, how to they leverage, you know, networks and, and, you know, friends and family and all that. That's, that is one of the most unique approaches. I think that really is clever. And, and because, and you're compensating them too. You're not just going in and <laughs> I hate to Keep beating up the poor guy you're not just going in and shedding their, their <laughs> ideas you know and just and and just kind of copy they get, paid. they get paid they get paid absolutely but i mean what a what a great way though to to really deepen the the yeah. brain thrust that you know you're you're throwing it yeah. so and i i think your results would be better as a result of it too absolutely you know, yeah you're almost doing like a constant a b testing you know yeah or ad for ads running against each other exactly what a, what a great idea yeah I, thank you. I uh man i can i can chase <laughs> questions with you all night long but uh i really want to kind of step out of the way and just let you you know put your professor hat on for for a few minutes and and uh i mean you you have since i hit record on the button <laughs> you know, you've been teaching but um i mean it's just tremendous information but uh this is the the part of the, the chat that I, I really look forward to called the rising tide micro course. And yeah, it's yours, yours to choose, whatever you want to talk about, you know, two or three salient points on, on something that you think would be a value to our audience. And I'm going to just hand the mic over to you and go get a cup of coffee and
1: get my <laughs> notebook and, and pen and take notes. But uh, <laughs> the, the floor is yours. Thank you so much. So I actually want to touch on a point that I mentioned before those five core audiences. I want to, I want to discuss, the best way to start with Facebook ads, because a lot of businesses think that they want to, you know, I need a, I need $5,000 a month, I need to hire all these people, and you know, I need, I need to spend 10 hours a week managing these things and creating all this content, and it becomes overwhelming, most of them do a very poor job of it, and most of them give up. So what's really like the right approach, just start, put my toe in the water of Facebook ads, see if the results are what I I hope they are and really how do I get the best results? So what I like to do is I first like to sketch out the organic process that people normally buy from you. So this obviously works when you have organic sales. I, I don't think it's wise, unless you're in a very localized area to start your marketing with Facebook ads. You should start your marketing with However, you've gotten clients, you join your Facebook, you make your Facebook groups, you do organic stuff, you send some like mailers and whatever it is, you, you pay some influencer to talk about your business. I think there's, much, there's many better ways, and I've turned down a lot of clients because of this, there's many better ways to start your business than to run Facebook ads. But once you have a general organic funnel that you see time and time again is how people are buying, you want to as soon as possible replicate or I, I call mirror that process in a Facebook ad campaign. So let's just give a super easy example. You have a really great ebook that people sign up for, they get, you know, they, they find the ebook in whatever group or, you know, you you go on webinars and you talk about your great ebook at the end and they download the ebook or in my case I have this course, they download the course, they get on the course, it's so amazing and I, you know, whatever it is, in, in this case, I didn't do this, but a business would set up a five or seven day automated email funnel that talks about results that they've gotten and little tricks and tips that you could use to get the best results. Uh, and then at the end, or at some point in the middle, they'll pitch their business, people will see the, the fourth email, they'll click on it, they'll come to the sales call, they will get on the call, they, they, they sign up to become a client, that's the normal process of how people are buying from you. Obviously, e-commerce would be much different. They hear about it from a friend, oh wow, that's a great dress you're wearing when you buy it from. Oh, I bought it from this website. They go on, they see a pop-up, 10% off, they buy the first product, whatever, there's plenty of ways of learning about a business. So, you now know this is the organic funnel and you wanna nail down each touch point of that funnel. Oh, they, they saw the course, oh, oh, sorry, even before, they watched the webinar, and then they saw the course, they watched the course, they got the email, they saw these three emails, they got on the phone call, great, that's gonna be my five touch points. Literally the exact organic process. I'm gonna run to that random webinar that, that brought in all the clients. I, for example, a few weeks ago, I did a podcast for, an, a nice size list of 70,000 people. I woke up the next morning, I had a, a 200 signups to my, my Facebook ads course the next morning. So if what I wanted to do was grow a nice size audience, it likely would be a smart idea to use that webinar that clearly worked as the point of reference I would send traffic to right so that's the same thing you take whatever webinar the article whatever you wrote you send traffic there you start getting people into stage two which is the webinar sorry the the, the course now that might not happen automatically but you could do is you could say everyone who's already been to this stage they watched that video they, they clicked on that link send them an ad of stage two have you signed up to my course here's the link here's the coupon code sign up and again track when is that happening how much is it costing how am I getting? How many people are signing up automatically? Then we started that email sequence, and you know, they you see email one, email two, email three. So use that content, that exact text from those those emails. Mm-hmm. Those as ads, just a you know a short e- engagement ad. You're retargeting people anyway, so these are already warm audiences. They've seen your stuff, they watched the webinar, they got on the email list, all that stuff. They you're just gonna do a short engage like a short piece of text, just retargeting, and you say. And you could, and this is all targeting options you could do. If people that have signed up in the last five days to my email list, send them post one, they, they, they signed up, you know, five to 10 days ago, show them post two, 10 to 15 days ago, show them post three. And it just basically moves them through the cycle of different posts. They see each one exactly as the organic people would see it. And now they're ready for the sales call. Now when I run an ad and say, Hey, you've seen my stuff, you know all the great things I've done, you've seen the results I got for clients, you know how, you know, you've been already testing and getting the results for yourself, schedule a call today. And I know they're ready because this is exactly how everyone else got ready. So that is exactly how to build the funnel. Those are exactly the ads. You, I created no new content. I, I created, I didn't make up anything along the way. Everything was stuff. Already proven before I spent a single dollar on Facebook ads. But now you're going to say, well, who do I run the ads to? Right? So that's where the five core audiences come in. I never want to run an ad to a cold audience until I've tested it with my warm audiences. Mm. So if I could start with my website visitors, my email subscribers, my Facebook page likes, which is actually something you won't be able to do anymore, they're, they're um, removing that option for targeting, uh, Facebook page engagement, Instagram page engagement. I start with those people, I move them through this funnel, I get the numbers, the, you know, the analytics from all that. How much does it cost me to per click? What's the conversion rate cost? Uh, um, uh, what's what's the, the average conversion rate? Uh, how, how smoothly are they moving through each of these stages? Uh, are these people converting at the end of this long funnel? Only then, once I see it's working, I have my normal stats to test people, you know, to, to, to uh, compare now I can start running lookalike audiences, friends of Facebook likes. I can start doing interest-based targeting, behavior targeting, geographic targeting, all that other stuff. I won't touch any of that stuff until I first test it against my five audiences. Now, for many people, you don't have a huge email list, website visitors, Facebook page, all that stuff. Maybe you have 10,000 people. Maybe 10,000 people. So how much is it going to cost you to reach 10,000 people with all these stages? I talk five times, five, six touch points. Maybe it'll cost you $700 for the whole month. You're going to spend $25 a day targeting your best people with your best content. that's already proven to work. You're going to first get those results. You're going to start putting money in your pocket because you're, you're making the, the easy money. I call this like you're picking, you're, you're, you're leaving money on the table. If you're not doing this, you have a proven process. You have a proven audience. You start really small spends. I know companies that start at five, $6 a day start this process. And only then, once you have all that working, you already have money coming in your business. Then you can start taking that money and putting it back into all of the other things I talked about, testing new audiences, testing new um, funnels, trying out different landing pages, testing different email, you know, maybe, maybe email two, wasn't the best thing for them to see. Maybe they had, they needed a video instead, or they needed a different webinar, whatever it is. But then, as you adjust the, the funnel on Facebook, you start adjusting the organic to match because you now found out there's a better way than I'm do, a better way than I'm doing it now. So that is not only enhancing your ads; it's enhancing your entire presence online. So that that is what I would suggest every company to do: start with your best people start with your best content, make some money, and then jump into the deep end on Facebook ads.
0: Wow. So, okay, let me play the devil's advocate here. So, what do I do if I if I don't have a successful organic or a successful like nurture track or nurture campaign? Can can you can you start with Facebook and work the other way? So, I tell
1: people to start there is there's likely a better place to spend your money than Facebook ads mm-hmm. and will get you fast faster cheaper results today to build that organic flow for example I had a company come to me they're trying to sell a product that a lot of people sell to a niche that a lot of people target and I basically said I'll be honest with you where you are right now I wouldn't do Facebook ads here's what I do here's the three email lists that I would target, find five influencers that are targeting these same people. Pay them the same money. You want to spend two thousand dollars on Facebook? Pay a thousand bucks for an email. Yep, they'll get way more. And make sure your Facebook Pixel set up all that stuff because these are people that are already—they've already been warmed up from by that email newsletter. They're already on that email newsletter. Yep. They're already your niche audience. They've already seen products like your product. It's very likely they'll—they're a warm they're a, There's a warm audience somewhere. Right. To sell to. If you don't have a warm audience, I would not start with Facebook ads. Again, unless you're a local business, you're specifically targeting some small town and you're, you know, you're a lawyer in Arizona and and you do a state law, then yeah, run some cold audience targeting for in, in like the 10 mile radius of your that's of your, yeah. your whatever. That's exactly right. But for everyone else, there's a warm audience already. Find them hey, whatever money you're planning to spend on Facebook to those people, grow your warm audience with those people, yeah. and now, you're, now you have people to talk, to talk to on Facebook. Spend $7 a day retarding them, you know? Yeah. Um- that's what I, would, I wouldn't start on Facebook if you don't have a warm audience.
0: Well, see, I mean, nothing's wasted in, in in the economy of the his of the past. So, I mean, even the time you spent doing Facebook or doing email marketing, yeah, you know, other, sure. other SEO. I mean, you you are bringing that to the table even today. Yeah, your Facebook ads as well. So you have a much better understanding, more comprehensive understanding of for sure. What you know when Facebook would be the best medium to use right. type things. So. Yeah, what a what a great micro course, and, and you're gonna have to take a breath and get a get a drink of water here because I finished my bottle before. Spent all your energy. That's <laughs> right. just dropping a value bomb to our audience here. But, um, is there anything that we haven't touched on as we're wrapping up here that uh, that you want to you want to you think would be would be pertinent and germane to our to our audience? And um, and I just want to thank you again for just taking the time. Yeah. To, uh, you know, and let it. I mean, I'll tell know you, there's, there's always podcast. more.
1: There's always more, but what I've noticed, and what I'm trying to work on better, and you'll tell me if I succeeded in this, is that if you, if I shove information down your throat, as, a, as an audience, you'll get so scared to do anything that you won't, you'll likely do not nothing. So I could tell you about my strategy of of 48 ads and every ad set in five to 10 ad sets in every campaign and targeting, you know, I'm doing a test now between the, the difference between minimum ROAS versus lowest cost in my clients. Now, again, if you don't run Facebook ads, you have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. But, <laughs> of course, like li- literally in next week, is it next week, September 12th, I'm speaking at the Facebook ad summit for social media examiner, 12 experts, on Facebook Ads and it's high level stuff we're not this is not like a beginners course this is like the real deal and I'm giving a 45 present 45 minute presentation on CBOs which is campaign budget optimization a new tool that rolled out earlier it came out about 2017 but they basically announced that in the ne- in the next few weeks will be standard for businesses that start Facebook. Like if you are first getting into it in October time, you'll likely only have this option of running ads this way. And I'm basically giving a, a course on the different approaches that I've tried and friends that I could find, again, friends that I could find that have tested different things, the results that I got from those tests and the, 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 the thought process of how to approach your own testing in your own business on how to test these CBO campaigns against each other and the exact strategy and, and you know um, setup for your campaigns. Now, I could get into all that stuff here, but I really don't know if that would be the best use of your time, my time, or the audience's time. So I would say that the best thing for you to do is start small, the thing I mentioned before, start something today. If you wanna spend your first $2 on Facebook ads, Take your email list, run two bucks to your last post on Facebook and you started, right? You're you're in, you're in it here. Um, What I would say is I actually have this Facebook ads course that I gave away for free. We just passed, let's see the number. I think I'm at 3,200. I just got a new learner. I went to sleep last night. Someone posted about it. We're up to order number 3,178 on the course. Uh, So I gave it away for free. People like it, it seems. Uh, and it's available. If you want to put it in the show notes,
0: it's
1: I'll course is dot and the coupon code is knowledge. I uh, shout out to Ty Lopez for the inspiration. Um, if you haven't seen the "I'm Here in My Garage" video, I highly recommend the comedy show he puts on. Um, but that was a joke for all those that, that weren't sure about that. Um, But yeah, the the course is four hours long. It goes into in depth on strategies and tactics and all these things, but really at the end of the day, it's, it's it's a course on analysis. It's a course on who are the types of people I wanna reach? What are the abilities that Facebook has to talk to those people? How do I make sure the people I wanna reach are the people that I'm reaching? How do I know the landing page is the best it could be? How do I think about content? As it applies to an ad, what was my what are my opportunities on ads? All that stuff that goes that goes in the course. There's plenty of stuff to talk about. I'm actually planning to release another course that will cost money um, at the end of the year. I'm going to Slovenia in November to give a six-hour course that will be recorded and sold after. Um, so there's plenty more. It's forever. Literally, I'm learning more every day. Um, every time I get a new client, I get to come up with new little strategies that I apply to all my other clients. Um, it's forever, and that's why I love it because it's always exciting, something new,
0: always changing, you know,
1: always changing. It, it keeps you, it keeps me on my,
0: it keeps you on my toes. That's for sure. Now, did I see somewhere that the, the you spelled the word knowledge with an A instead of an O?
1: So, so I actually I had to spell the coupon code works for both. Okay. Yes, coupon code works for both, but it's just for people who aren't familiar with this, with this Tai Lopez thing. So basically Tai Lopez has this video that has like 300 million views on, on YouTube. Cause he spent some exorbitant amount of money on Facebook ads. And it basically is him standing in his garage and he's got two Lamborghinis in the back and he's holding his phone like this. And he says, I'm here in my garage with my two Lamborghinis and I love to drive them around in the hills, of Be- you know, dropping around the hills here in Beverly Hills. But you know what's more important than materialistic things? Knowledge. So that's <laughs> the way he says it. And he turns his screen, like he turns his camera, and you see this wall of books. Yeah. And he goes on to talk about how he re- reads a book a day. And, uh, I think he reads 10 a day or something like that. Uh, he? He, he reads the table of contents <laughs> of a book a day. <laughs> Um, Which is a one minute YouTube video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Everyone should look up. Just type in Ty Lopez. I'm um, here in my garage. You'll get it. <laughs> so yes, I do have the coupon code. Is spelled with an A. But I, but when when more people wanted to use it, they kept on spelling it wrong. So I just yeah. added the regulars, normal spelling of knowledge. Um, to the yeah, coupon code.
0: I, understand. I, I mean, I thought that I, when I saw that I, my eyes were playing tricks on me. I said, Hey, <laughs> hey I think that was intentional. I don't know why, oh, it was. <laughs> man. Thanks again for, uh, for Absolutely. taking the time. I, it, like I said, I could just continue to ask you questions and we, do you stay here all night and just, uh, you know, fill my hard drive on the computer here with just a video. But, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been a great conversation and just a, a great evening to, to just really kind of pick your brain and and uh, I really wanted once again sincerely thank you for taking the time just to playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Thanks again. Thank you, thank you so much for having me.